Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, it is episode 511. Son of a gun. Well, I was getting up there. What's up, Doug? Nothing you. Just me and Doug on the intro here. But this is a one-on-one podcast with Waddell and I. Um... Just because of the timing of it, just just what, what we were able to make work and all that, so sucks I couldn't be there. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, good podcast, lots of fun, a lot of uh, truth, a little bit of ranting, a little bit of cussing, fun conversation all around. I think I think this was uh, a good one. This is going to be uh, I, I, one of my favorites. I think just from Waddell going nuts, which is great. I know I I got in and saw a little bit, heard a little bit of it, but you guys walked in at the end, which is cool. One. Um. All right, man. Let's get to business. That way we can get on with this episode. We're back in studio, which feels good. Um, the next regular working class bowhunter episode is another in-house guest in the studio, and we have another one. Uh, actually, right after we do this intro, we're do- recording another one. So Boom. things are normal until bear camp, and going to be here before we know it. It's going to be here before we know it. But then it's that's only a week. Yeah. The podcast is brought to you by Elite Archery. Um, gotta be honest, still got to set my stuff up and get everything tuned in. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're still shooting our bows last year because of the hunts we have coming this year. I want to make sure everything's right. I'm going to go through yeah. a new victory arrow setup and everything. Going to look at some, uh, slick trick broadhead setups to slip through the elite because I'm going to be shooting at some big stuff. And so are you. So I think those, uh, assailants going to be pretty nice. Oh dude, they're deadly. Yeah. But you know, you whip them out of elite sixty-five pound elite. Is, what are you shooting? Sixty-five. That's what I'm rocking. Sixty-five pounds. I don't know. That's just a good like weight. I yeah, think it's like a middle ground not too weight. Much. Yeah, not too little. Right where you want to be, still comfortable to pull back. You're still a man. You're still a man. <laughs> yeah, you don't got bitch arms. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, elite man. Elite makes you know the shootability challenge. You know that's kind of their thing. They go for the feel of a bow. Um, it's when I switched to elite, I was like, Oh, this is like pure enjoyment of shooting a bow. Um, so if you haven't shot one, a bow should feel like, I think that's what I think. That's might be a biased opinion, but (laughs) I'd say just try it. Yeah. Just try it. You can't be mad at us if you don't try it. Yeah. You can't shit on us if you don't try it. Yeah. I mean, just try it. Elite archery. Just try it. (laughs) Code WCB. If you want to get yourself a new bow, have it shipped to your local dealer. That's pretty kick ass. Um, also big time, um, big time of course is a supplemental feed 
company, a food plot company. Um, we've worked with Big Time for quite a few years, and I have already mud seated. It's frost seeding, but it was like 70 degrees when I did it. Um, you got the rain you needed. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, no Don't kidding. Stop. Yeah, it's in the dirt now. Uh, but yeah, and then I'm going to do it a buck brunch late season plot. Yeah, I'm going to do a buck brunch. I'm going to do a buck brunch late season plot around a box blind. I'm going to get a box blind. Ooh. We'll get into that later. Uh, big time code WCB2022. Um, of course, our one of our favorites and longtime partners is Scent Crusher. Um, I actually have one of the Scent Crusher closets in my garage. Mm-hmm. Sitting up on a pallet just so it's like off the ground, you know? Yeah. And uh, it becomes a catch-all for all my stuff because yeah. it's like a, it's so convenient. It's so easy. That I have to go through it and clean it out every spring because during hunting season, I just whip things in there and run a cycle and I'm on my way. Yeah. And it just becomes all out I have, um, chaos. The pop-up closet down yeah, in my those, basement. Those are sweet. And uh, after season, I just load it up. So then, you know, come turkey season, it's a lot easier instead of having a bag full of shit. I got. Yeah, you just say, yeah, pop, yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a smart move. I don't know the closet is is nice, you know, especially like I know a lot of people like to frame in their own closets, but if you're just wanting something you can move around, yeah, like you it's might want it over here or move it into another room. The closet's like lightweight, the jam, yeah, and it's got that Halo series now, so you can charge it. And you can move that ozone generator out of the closet. Even you don't need to keep it plugged in, and you don't need to have it by an outlet now. Yeah, because you can move that unit in and out of it. Which is, I think, the biggest game changer. Plus, the closets look a lot cooler now than they used to. Old Barn Taxidermy. They're running the special. They're doing, they want to get 40 full turkey mounts this year. And they're doing a bunch of giveaways for some hunts, some Sandhill Crane hunts, a free mount, all sorts of stuff. So if you kill a bird and you want to get it full mounted, why not take it to a place place that's going to give back and give you a couple, one of two hunts or a free mount for the next time you do it. Or that mount will be free. Um, so check out Old Barn Taxidermy. Gotta love that. Loophold Optics. Loophold, um, in my opinion, doesn't do anything half-ass. No. Do you agree with that? From everything they, they do. Everything. From the performance eyewear to binos to rangefinders to jackets. Jackets are nuts. They have shackets. Shackets. I have a Loophold Puffy that I wear on the daily. Um, I absolutely love it. The worst thing about getting becoming springtime is that I can't wear that puffy. I know. Hides our tummies. It's tough out here. But everything they make is like high quality. They don't do anything half fashion. Just knowing if you spend your money at Loophold, it's a good product. Yeah. It's gonna be so, nice no matter what it is. I think I got that turkey gun, which we'll talk about. I think I want to put a loophold like setup on it. Oh, like a red dot? Yeah, I don't know yet. Be cool, wouldn't it? I never used one. That'd be kind of cool. It would be sweet. I know Mark Jury's got a whole like loophole set up on his turkey gun. Yeah, it's badass. That does look pretty sweet. Cool. Should we get on with he it? He knows how to kill turkey. He's killed a couple birds. <laughs> I might have to go Just teach with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll quit rambling. We'll get you on with this episode. Hopefully, you enjoy this one. Let us know what you think. Um, we are still picking winners. Uh, still got to pick winners from the trade shows, and we're picking winners from our YouTube channel. Um, from the comments, we're going to pick three winners. So thank you if you've been supporting us there on the YouTubes. And, uh, yeah, enjoy this one. Thanks for being here. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. 
working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Really, really not that good. Yeah, turkey hunting, man. I mean, I've always, I've always kind of liked it, but I never loved it because I didn't grow up doing it. So after I did those interviews with those guys, it kind of like. It's crazy. I think it's just a traditional or a, a I don't know, an age gap thing. Because when yeah, just above my age, like the ten year gap above me, everybody grew up turkey hunting, and that's like what formed the industry to like what it is. It seems like, you know, it is amazing, Kurt, if you think about it. And really, when you're talking to like a lot of these guys that's in the industry, especially like your your uh, Mark Drury. I mean, Terry Rom, I mean, so many of these guys that we know that work for these companies, I mean, immediate thought, we think about them as whitetail icons, but if you dig deep, they're all turkey industry guys, like yeah. not, not really just turkey industry guys, they're turkey hunters slash callers, world champions, and it is amazing that most of those turkey hunters definitely you know, help pave the way to a lot of other things within the space. I mean, so yeah, I mean, tur- and, and same with me, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you think of bone collector, I mean, obviously you think of deer and elk, turkey, but right, that's all my homeboys, man. I mean, yeah. you're talking about Cuz Strickland, you're talking about Mark Drury, I mean, Paul Butsky, Joe Drake, Ricky Joe Bishop, mm-hmm. Steve Stoltz, I mean, Preston Pittman, Eddie Salter. I mean, I could name names forever, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a pretty cool deal. It's funny because it's like you said, you looked up to those guys growing up. And like my perspective growing up is watching Mark Jury, Michael Waddell, Bill Jordan, David Blanton, the Primos boys. Like, so it's, and I, I think it's just a little bit of a gap between, I mean, you're not a ton older than me, but you know, my buddy Austin Chandler, he's six, seven years older than me and he's hardcore into turkey hunting. I'm not as much. I'm more, I grew up deer hunting. So it's kind of like, the way the in- industry influenced me is through you guys, but you guys started on the turkey side of it. It's just kind of neat to see how it all kind of blends in, but it's all the same community. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think it goes over into fishing too. It's like, you know, outdoor space is a big word, but you're exactly right. I mean, I think you're turkey, you're deer, mm-hmm. you're elk, you're western, you're southeastern, northeastern, midwestern. Yeah. Then you start talking about, you know, goose, waterfowl, you know, where, where waterfowl is goose and duck. But, you know, you really think about it all from trapping to then you get into this tournament fishing and these mm-hmm. iconic fishermen offshore, both inshore, uh, tournament and just, just good fishermen. I mean, it really does kind of mesh all together. And, yeah. um, and it really is cool to where if you kind of find an opportunity to, to kind of open yourself up into the space, you know, and you guys did an amazing job, you know, like even through the podcast. I mean, now mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like seems like everybody's got a podcast now, but for a long time, working class bow hunter, that was my favorite and still is go to podcast to listen to. And, and now a lot of people are doing it, but you guys, I mean, obviously when people think of, 
all you guys' personalities, they think about you being real, you know, spitting it with all these different personalities, talking about y'all's tactics, what y'all have seen, yeah. you know, working class, obviously, blue collar from public ground to private ground to everything. And so it is amazing to where you see these opportunities that presented itself, whether it's through a Dick Kirby who started Quaker Boy Game Calls, but their strategy was amazing too, as far as once they found their little niche to step into it, I think most of the time, if you have any talent and work ethic, it expands into other other things for sure. Yeah, that is that is true. And I feel like podcasting was one of those things. I mean, shout out to you, man, for your podcast doing so well. It's like there's I think it was an overlooked thing or I guess it wasn't even thought about because when we did when we first started our podcast, we've been going just over seven years. Like there's a lot of people like what? I don't understand what the hell you're doing, but I'm like, it's technically old technology because it's like a radio show, which has always been around, but it's just, you put it on the internet and you don't have any, like anyone limiting you to what you talk about and how long you talk about it and what you say. So I guess that's where we saw that and just always did what we've done. But, uh, before we go and I do want to talk about podcasting because you're a podcaster now, (laughs) which it's kind of a nerdy thing to say, but we all are, but um, do you think, all right, do you like turkeys or deer hunting better? Because Mark jury told me he'd rather turkey hunt than deer hunt. And I'm looking at him like you're the big buck killer. I know it. This dude shoots these 200 inch white tails <laughs> every year. Yeah. I mean, he, he spends so much time strategizing on those big white tails, but that does not surprise me with Mark because I consider Mark a good friend. And I remember when I was calling in competitions, like I'd go drive across the country and be so pissed off that Mark was there because I'm like, Oh my God, we got to beat Mark Drury. I mean, which is hard to do. And so people don't realize just what an unbook. Well, I think most people who watch, if you catch, you know, Mark and Terry's production, you realize that the whole crew loves the Turkey hunt, but Mark is like a level of caller and Turkey genius and innovator beyond what I think most of the people that are fans of his deer hunting um, show realize i mean so for sure i do think that his expertise in turkey hunting is what's made it easy for him to be successful deer hunting because i think um he's a madman he's a scientist he really is and he's very perfectionist when it comes to how he sounds and what he does he brings that to the whitetail woods but anyway that's my long way of giving um mark a hell of a lot of props because he's he's definitely one of my favorite people in the industry that whole group is the Mm -hmm. truth but but also um I'd have to say the same thing, Kirk. I, I think I think my favorite thing to hunt is turkeys. I mean, I, I love nothing really replaces that feeling of a target buck coming down a trail, especially bow and arrow in hand. That emotion, that just feeling of somewhere between excitement and wanting to throw up and trying to calm down and try to make the shot. And when you when you pull it off, it's just the most amazing feeling hunting, I think, out there. Same yeah. with the big elk. But the everyday hunt, the everyday hunt, the get up and go beautiful spring mornings and to hear turkeys gobble and to figure out a way to manipulate them within range. I think they're unbelievable. I think they're majestic. I think they're very witty yet. They can be also ignorant to a point at times when you catch them in the perfect stage, you can trick them with a good sounding call. Uh, There's a lot of tactics, which blow me away at some of the hate you get from the different tactics. Oh my God. I just like reaping. Well, reaping or a puppet show, you know, I call it a puppet show and it's something I've done a long time, but I've never stuck to one tactic. It's almost like for me, um, I like to win. Like, you know, I don't like going to the woods and think, well, I'm going to go ahead and give them a bunch of elements that I will let them beat me on. Mm-hmm. I go into it and thinking I want to beat them. However, as you know, if you're a diehard hunter, 
they're already set up. Most of the time, they're going to win. And and for me, it's my job, I feel like, to to at least explore and to dip into all the tactics that could work and to share them. I think that's what's great about podcasts. I think that's what's great about TV shows. And I do get a chance to hunt a lot. And so with that, I'm not making anyone hunt or use a tactic that they see me do, but I at least want them to know this is something that can work. It will work. You can decide if you think it's ethical or not. The game of fish have already decided if it's going to be legal or not. And we have to right. go by the game of fish laws, but I kind of hate that purist mentality. I shouldn't say hate. That's a strong word. I just don't like the narcissistic approach of telling another hunter how you should do things. And if you don't do it the way I see you should do it. You're a sissy. You're not a hunter. You're a shitty hunter. You're not this. You're not that. And I just think that's so shallow. And it mm-hmm. sounds like freaking Nazi Germany back when they were assassinating Jews. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, and if you allow them people um, to to judge the shots and you don't call them out from time to time, I don't. I try not to let them get under my skin. Next thing they're going to be doing is telling you, you know, you're a sissy because you have a four-wheel drive truck. And you're going to be in buckskin with with your, with the nipple showing out there walking around with a freaking arrow and a you know flint napped broadhead throwing a spear. Yeah. And, and so next thing they're going to be picking out the colors of our house, telling us what girl we can date or marry. Yeah. So you have to be really careful with that. And I would never dictate somebody how they should hunt. I for one have never been a big ground blind hunter when it comes to turkey hunting because I really like the running gun, the Navy SEAL type of yep. approach. The, the, the kind of getting into the woods and I don't know, just being slipping and sliding. I just yeah. like that. I'm not saying everybody does, but I've never liked just putting a blind up and sitting and waiting because I do do, I spend a lot of time deer hunting. So I like an aggressive approach. However, I would never knock somebody for sitting in a blind. I think it's a marvelous tactic yeah. to each its own. And so um kind of goes back into like hunting out of a yeah. box blind over food plots for deer versus yeah. a guy that's like, well, I went in 28 miles and did it this way. It's like, man, who gives a shit? <laughs> really? It's like who gives a shit? And you yeah. know, and I'm I'm not I'm not a guy. I'm not a guy that ever cusses on podcasts. But man, out of all the things I hear, my first instinct is to say, "Shut the fuck up." It makes <laughs> yeah. no sense. And I'm that's strong for me, man. I mean, I tell a joke around the fire, but I, for me to say that publicly, man, it just really pisses me off, Kurt. And, and it's not because I'm insecure. I'm more pissed off at their insecurity. And especially when you look at America and you look at hunting, it's the last thing. My goodness, we've been through two years of mandates, wearing masks, do this. I still suffocate on an airplane wearing a mask when I'm flying different places across the country. Now you got some he-man rubbing Vaseline all over his body for an Instagram shot that comes across like this purist. He's good, man. Wipes a little granola under his arm and he's so pure and innocent. And then he's going to freaking just hammer this young man for maybe he got his first Jake. Or right. he's going to hammer this dude who found out that you can manipulate a turkey with a decoy. And they're not even talking about danger. They're just talking about they think it's something. One guy went as far I saw and said, well, you're a shitty hunter if you have to do it this way. And another guy said, how could you do that? You're taking advantage of his biological defenselessness. I mean, what is? why are we buying calls and camo and freaking extended choke tubes taking a shotgun with TSS hiding in the bushes? And spending thousands of dollars, yes, we're trying to manipulate them. We do the same when we throw a freaking bait at a bass. We're trying to make him strike. We're trying to make him eat. So I'm thinking, what is wrong 
with these people. Like, did they move to North Korea and get under some trance by King Jong Un and then just come back here to America and decide to take up turkey hunting? What the hell is going on? And so yeah. I don't disagree if they don't agree mm-hmm. with everybody should do, but don't tell me what I should do and don't call me out because I think you you're dumb. But I'm uh, anyway. I'm but, sorry. No, I, I love it, rock, man. Rocking and rolling. Just I love it because it just pisses me off, man. I think it hurts hunting. I think it, it hurts fishing. I think it hurts the industry. I do. I think. Yeah. Do it the way you want to do it. You don't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you. But more power to you, and at least respect a tactic that people develop and try and they can say this is how you do it you know what let's go back in history you know how many people hated elvis presley for freaking shaking his hip playing rock and roll you know how many people hated chuck berry because he played his guitar loud you know how many people hated freaking nirvana because they didn't have a solo in their freaking um you know in their music yeah an epic solo but guess what every one of those names i call and you might not be into music you might not be into certain things, but you know their name because they weren't lukewarm. They weren't like the sissies out there that's dictating how it should be done. They rewrote the book, and that's what makes a difference. That's what makes America great. That's what you guys are doing. When you tell your parents or you tell your aunt that, hey, Mom, what are you doing? Oh, let's talk to Waddell and Buskey and Mark Drury and Greg Ritz and Lee and Tiffany, and, you know, we make a nice living at it, just telling stories about hunting. Like, you can't do that, son. Grow up. Yeah, America, you can rewrite things and you can do the same in the turkey woods. So Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to lash out and call me a sissy, call me a clown, guess what? Get after it. It don't bother me. I just feel sorry for them that they're that insecure and that they hate winning that bad. I don't like I don't like to lose. I don't mind losing. But why not try to win? And if right. you lose, you can take it. But why not? If you got an opportunity to win, win. For sure. Now, I love all that, man. And I feel the same way about a lot of it. And I have multiple theories on why people are the way they are. It seems like as time goes on, I blame the Internet straight up. It's such a beautiful yeah. place. But a lot of guys, um, and maybe this is a little harsh, have gone by for too long. And I guess our society has allowed this for the last decade or more we allow people to say things without repercussion. Whereas 15 years ago, you get hit in the mouth. If you said that to somebody in person, and then you know what? You never fucking did it again because you're like, man, I really want to keep my teeth. And I probably shouldn't have went off on that guy for something he likes to do just because I see it differently, you know, and it's just going to get worse. But I think talking about it like this and corrective action and just kind of like calling out the bullshit, the way that you just called it out and the way we call it out a lot on our podcast will hopefully regulate it in our in our space but i mean going outside of the outdoor space is just we could go on and on and on and on about that but um you know what i'm saying i do and it's one thing i've always loved about you guys were the first and that and when you say you're the first that's big but in my and, and i could be wrong it's the first that i heard that i become a fan of i was blown away at how real and how straightforward you talk. It could be something y'all had a problem with or an opinion. It could have been me. It could have been somebody in the industry. It could have been from Ted Nugent to having him on one day and saying, I don't agree on this, agree on that. I just like the open debate. I like that. And so with that, man, you know, I can use somebody like myself, man, I have very thick skin, but for me, it's not about me and what somebody could say to diss me. It's about the big, picture mm-hmm. and and you're exactly right it's it, it's deeper than that it's a deep 
sad psychology to what's breaking down this this industry and yeah. such a situational ethics mentality that bother me. I mean, and when I look at these people and it could be, it could be something to do with deer hunting. It could be the private against the public or public against the private, the muzzleloader against the bow hunter crossbow against the recurve. I, I don't know. There's all these little debates. It goes on forever. If you want to, you know what I mean? It goes on forever. And I don't mind an open discussion and I don't mind. I know, love having, a good open discussion. That's I, I awesome. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I like to learn other people's perspective of why they feel that way. For sure. But sometimes there is no answer for why they feel that way other than they just don't want you to do it. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's very dangerous. I mean, because that's like saying, okay, no more black trucks. Like, why? Well, I just don't like the color black. And I don't think you should. You want to talk about um, freaking entitlement. That's major entitlement when when you think, Kurt, I just don't like your hat. I don't like a square patch hat. Why ain't it round like mine? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why do I like square or rectangle? And you like round like, well, I'm sorry. I can't talk to you, dude. I just think you're a sissy. You got a square patch hat. Wow. I mean, that's, to me, it's the same type of situational ethics that are amazing mm-hmm. when you go look past some of these guys' picture let's call it turkey hunting and they hate reaping but they're shooting tss they got extended choke tubes they have the capability of shooting a turkey 70 80 yards it's been proven that that's that's a very doable shot these days Mm -hmm. um they got all the fancy gear they got all the clothes they got thousands of dollars invested in their call calls and and yet there's just one little element that they think is unfair well, that is no different. I mean, when does that stop? Can you say, well, it's unethical to wear a camo because you're, you're really tricking them. It's really unethical to use any type of scent for luring in a whitetail, mm-hmm. or it's really unethical. And I think the more I study it, I have become pretty open-minded to the world of hunting when it comes to the people who get a chance to do it, because I'm also very in tune with the people who don't get a chance to do it all the time. Again, that's what you guys tapped into this working class mentality, man, Mm. I'm spoiled. I'm so blessed and I'm so lucky. So the least I can do, the least I can do is say, guys, because of you, I've got this unbelievable opportunity to hunt a lot. It doesn't mean I'm better. It's just, I've gotten a chance to go maybe seven mornings where you got to go maybe Saturday and Sunday. So I've already got five mornings on you turkey hunting. There's some things I saw that I can't wait to share that that you're going to have a turkey that's going to kick your butt Saturday. But guess what I learned on Wednesday, and I want to show it to you. Here's a call. Here's a certain situation. Here's an angle you can take. The same with talking to Van Damme off fishing points with a crankbait. That's why they have the opportunity. You can hate them because they're getting a chance to do it, but why not take advantage of these situations and listen to them. And then if you don't like it and you think it's just don't suit your fancy and it might be something that's either possibly too easy and you want to take a traditional route, then get after it. Yeah. But this holier than now purist mentality is pathetic. It's like it's like a girl who don't want to use personal hygiene, but she's mad because no girls like her because she stinks. 
hey, right. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, hey. that's fine. You can go that route, but you got to be willing to take the criticism as well. And where, so, uh, where, where do you think, uh, Wadi, that all this stems from? Like, I just went straight to the Internet because that's the most obvious. Do, do you think that's what it is? Do you think there's something else with it? I think the I think the internet has given them the opportunity to express their jealousy and and true internal feelings. And like I said, I think you could get a deep, very well studied psychologist to interpret it even even more. But my personal thought is is I think some of these people, and it's unfortunate because I think it's just a them. If you look into some of those people in life, they're just pretty much unhappy. And yeah. what makes them even even more unhappy is to see somebody else winning and being successful. And especially if they've tried it, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say as somebody in country music that that is pretty good, decently talented, but have, has not broke into it. And then maybe they hear Luke Bryan and they can't believe it. And they really feel like they can sing better than Luke Bryan and they can't understand why he got the opportunity. They don't. Therefore, their psychology turns into this hate. Mm. Now they got the Internet to express this. I think that same can be lashed out into the industry, whether it's to yeah. me, the Drury's, the Leah Tiffany's, the the Jim Shockey's. And then on the other side of that, you've got people that truly respect and love that there's an opportunity to have entertainment. Like, you know, for me, I love that now the internet provides me to look up these old cool clips of Stevie Ray Vaughan ripping these blues reels. I love that I can go find these cool clips of Jimi Hendrix and these unheard shows that somebody captured on some old eight millimeter or 16 millimeter film. Yeah. So there is some great things about the internet. And so for me, it gives me a chance to say, oh my God, this is the goat. This is the best. But then you look deeper into that and you'll have on that same thread, just like you do on our hunting threads. You'll have somebody saying Hendrix was not talented. He played a guitar wrong and he, his, his, his chords, it was not music theory. And I'm thinking, are you freaking kidding me? He took something that was amazing, put his own personal twist to it, bent the rules and now there's kids still playing guitars and buying guitars because of Jimi Hendrix, not you. So who grew the space more? Right. You and your guitar purist <laughs> or Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan or Bo Diddley or Ted Nugent. And so I think the same. So I think it's a deep psychology to it. And I think that it's unfortunate that in the hunting community, we have people that are out there that are happier when they are filled thinking that you could be having a bad day of field. And that's, that's, that's unfortunate, but well, well one thing to think bad. about too, and I had some people say this to me recently and I'm like, wow, you are right. You know, if you look at it, no one doing better than you is ever talking shit about you. So it's always nope. someone that's just unhappy with what they're doing or where they're at looking at you from a different level and, and all that. And, you know, we we're outside of our echo chamber now of what working class bow hunter was like in the last year and a half, two years, like, I feel like our our followers were people who knew us really well and were familiar with us and like hardcore listeners. Now I feel like we're to the point where they're not all that way. We might have a casual listener that's not always in our corner. They just they're listening because they saw something interesting. Um, So then you started seeing some of like the negative of the Internet. And I I truly believe the Internet is more of a positive place. Just the negative people scream a little louder. Um, And it's just that brings more attention. So I had to like kind of adjust to there's a, there, so I'm not meaning to drop the f bomb, but there's a saying there's an art form to not giving a fuck, and I really yeah. think that's true because once we got outside of our little echo chamber, I guess if you will, and started seeing some negative comments or some negative whatever, 
it kind of was like, oh man, it bothered me for a little bit. And I had to like yeah. adjust how I like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause you feel like you do a good job when you yeah. do an interview and you put it out and then you see someone, they're like, man, Kurt's a douchebag. And you're like, oh man, that stung a little But Eventually That's I just amazing. don't care. How, how do you guys deal with that? Being so big in this space, you know, I mean the whole bone collector crew, you guys are so fun, but of course people don't always see it that way. I mean, has that ever yeah. bothered you ever? It, it certainly has. I think untruths bother me. Um, I think when it's a strike against the hunting culture, it bothers me because I don't see it necessarily as attack on me or my crew. I see it sometimes as, wow, you're supposed to be one of us. And that's fine if you don't like what we stand for or our show or maybe our entertainment that we're trying to put out there. Yeah. Um, but, but the way I'm looking at a lot of these people, it, it's not just me that they dislike. There, there's really there's a hatred for the industry and the people that made it. And it's funny, like um, I'm a big fan of you guys, which it, when one way you guys were kind of like Metallica of, <laughs> of the industry, you know, and same with the hunting public guys. They were mm-hmm. like the Metallica, where if you look at the the record contract guy, that's a Waddell, that's the redneck gets to be on national TV. And so in one way, you kind of carve out this space. You're like, okay, man, we, we, we might not can jump over here on Outdoor Channel, but we can we can carve this space out and do a really good job of being real. You know, the hunting public did that. Seek One did that. I can name a lot of others. Um, th- there's people all over the space. But as soon as their notoriety and their entertainment value and people find them, then all of a sudden here comes the hate for these guys because now they're commercial. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting like, what else? And I'm like, are you freaking? Boy, it bothers me. In the meantime, my kids are watching all these things, and they're loving it. And they and they get into this hate, and it's all because of this success. That really de- bothers me deep because I will truly, I truly mean this, Kurt. What I'm about to say, I love it when people succeed. It warms my heart, especially, especially when I know who they are. I love to see talented people work hard and get there. I'm the first that wants to buy them a beer. Are, are the first to hug their neck. And and so with that, even if I don't even like what they're doing to know that other people do, and there's other things that might elevate the industry, man, it's such a happy feeling to see that success. And I am very confused. And it does get to me when I see the people that hate for no reason. And I, I try to look past it and try to look into them and I've even tried to talk logically to some of them, but they're convinced they have already predetermined that they will dislike, they will spew only negative. So I'm thinking, my goodness, how sad a place would it be to have to be around those people every day? <laughs> they wonder why they're not getting great success. Yeah. Who wants to be around that? So I should say, yes, it does bother me, but I had to quit giving a, you know, a, a F about it years ago because when road trips hit, you know, the internet wasn't around as much, but people would write letters. You know, they hated the the slapstick fun comedy, the not giving a crap, you know, what's in the solo cup. These boys are partying, you know, they're young, they're crazy. I'm saying hi shy y'all and I just shot a deer and he bought a parking ticket over there and I'm being disrespectful for the animals and yeah. oh my God, he's using a mechanical broadhead and it probably don't weigh six hundred grains. I mean it's like and that I wasn't ready for that. Mm-hmm. But I started realizing that if I turned it into a positive, I've had to think hard. It's like, 
and I certainly don't want to compare myself to, to, to some of these people, but I look at, but it's inspirational to me that when Eddie Van Halen first started tapping on a guitar, I mean, oh my God, it drove people crazy. Like mm-hmm. you can't do that. You're manipulating music theory. Um, you know, you can't <laughs> do these things. You know, Kevin Van Dam, I talked to him. He caught a lot of flack because a lot of people said he fished too fast. He killed everybody and he's the first guy to win a million dollars just on winnings because he took a crankbait bank bait and caught freaking 30 fish to everybody else's one yeah so with that my god how can you not respect a guy like that but um for sure so i looked at what we were doing and the hate we get is to think that i know that no everybody is not gonna like us and i think that would be what i would say to anybody that's trying to jump into the entertainment or make a difference if everybody likes you, you're not doing something right. If yeah. everybody loves you, that means you're probably too lukewarm. And people spat out lukewarm. It says it in the Bible, man. Mm-hmm. You know, even 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 God doesn't like lukewarm. And I think if you're going to go for it, give it your all and open your mind yeah. and look into every aspect of every bit of it and then put your style and your signature on it. And if people don't like that, then you know what? You can give them the rest of the year to get over it. Give them the rest of their life. For sure. But you can't spend a lot of time trying to pamper those guys. You know, maybe give them a box of Band-Aids. If you cut them, just, you know, hey, let them put one on. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I love the analogies, like the music analogy, because I'm a like underground hardcore punk rock fan. And you see some yeah. of those bands make it out and become like mainstream. And then the whole community is like, those guys suck now. They sold out, that type of thing. Uh, so Metallica I, went through that. And I love that analogy. I think it's hilarious. But, you know, you said something about when, you know, road trips came out, people writing letters in, which is like another level of effort of like, screw these guys. Cause you know, yes. I'd see something on like a, an iTunes review and, and, when we get hate, most times I'm kind of like, eh, I get it. Like, you know, we're not PG. You know, we do the series on DeerCast, which is PG. That's, you know, we're, we're clean on that. That taps us in to be family friendly. That's great. But on regular working class bow hunter, I've heard us, con- you know, compared to the Howard Stern of bow hunting, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, like what's in the solo cup? We're in here with bottles of bourbon and bush light and line and kugels on the table <laughs> and saying you know we're cussing talking just how we talk in camp you know we're not putting anything on it to kind of like lighten the load and how we are so i get that hate that's not for everybody and that just comes with the nature of what we do um but man the fact that what's in the solo cup is hilarious to me i just love that oh isn't that amazing i mean yeah. I, it, it's it's i think i think what we found is some people can really respect and appreciate the truth Mm-hmm. And other people's just live in a closet, and and yeah. uh, and that's sad. Um, I've certainly made so many mistakes, man. I, I was born a sinner. I'll probably die. I die a sinner. But you know, you you you, you do your best. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do love the Lord, man. You know, I I I cuss. Heck, I've already cussed on this thing. I get frustrated. You know, my wife, my wife and I, man, I love a good stiff drink in the evening mm-hmm. and, and I love good company and a good time. And, um, and so I look back, I, I've never said I was perfect, but the one thing I've always tried to be was sincere and on up to my mistakes and be real. And, yeah. and even on our shows, you know, if we're, if we, if we're putting out corn or big and J I show it. Yeah. So you're talking you about it. hate me. You're not going to, I'm not going to hide the reasons you would hate me. I'm going to show you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'm putting corn out for my wife and my kids. So I'm not going to, my, my theory is everything that I'm doing, my wife and kids are seeing, 
my the Lord seeing. So why am I worried about somebody that's going to hate on me? Yeah. And so I would rather be real. And at least at that point, they can say, well, no, what else? He wasn't faking it, you mm-hmm. know? And so uh, that's all I try to be. And I enjoy being around those real people, those yeah. secure people that will tell you what's in the solo cup. They, right. They will tell you that they're putting out a little corn. They will tell you that they killed some turkeys reaping, even though they thought it wasn't that cool, but now they like it. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe they did go to Texas and kill a, kill, kill a deer or a turkey over a spin feeder. Who cares, man? If it's legal and the game of fish laws give you that opportunity, yeah. more power to you, man, because most everybody that I meet have worked so hard. They're working, you know, sometimes five and six days a week, multiple hours, well yeah. over 40 hours a week. They got families, they got kids. You know, they got soccer practice to go to, baseball practice. They got a wife or a wife's got a husband that they need to spend some time together and go out to eat that they're going to miss a hunt. So the time they get in the woods is limited. For sure. So why are you going to limit me on my tactics and call me a sissy if I do a certain thing, if I use a compound over a recurve, if I use a muzzle loader, you know, over over a flintlock, you know, whether it's inline or flintlock, if I use a crossbow over a compound. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't think the world has time for that. No, I think no. those people need to go to their own little island and beat their <laughs> chest, and maybe they can have their own little Instagram they, space. They'd still they find can, a reason to bitch. They can rub oil over themselves and flex all they want. I think it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Living Pleasantville. Talking about just how real you are, you put yourself out there. We get a lot of questions from like our buddies and just other listeners that we run into. It's like, hey, what's what's Mark like? What's Waddell like? What's T Bone like? What's you know what I mean? <laughs> People want to know, like, are they really as cool as they seem? And I always say, like, yeah, but you get to see more of it. So they're like they're cooler than they can seem on TV because they're right there. But yeah, the, so I, I'm a big advocate for you guys and the whole jury crew. Like, two of my favorite groups of people in the game. Um, and I guess that translates to your podcast doing as well as it's doing is because one, you're great at talking, you're charismatic and you're just honest about things. Um, so talk about starting a podcast, man, and kind of diving into that whole realm of things. It was crazy. And and again, I know I give you a lot of props and I've always thought, man, you know, when I appreciate credit, that too, by when the way. credit's deserved, it should be given. And, um, and really the first podcast that I listened to in the hunting space was you guys. And um, T-Bone turned me on to it, and he said, man, you, you're going to love this. And and, and, and you know T-Bone. I mean, yeah. obviously he's been going through a lot. Sweetheart of a man. Love and him. just everybody's friend, everybody's brother or uncle or dad. If you're young enough, he's just he's just that dude. And um, so I did. And then soon after that, you know, I had a chance to be a guest a few times. And so – immediately it kind of opened up the door to um to to what podcasts were and then i got sucked into the murder mystery stuff like rolling down the road listening to all these podcasts on solving these cases yeah obviously i i, I listened to theo vaughn and he's funny as funny as all get out you know <laughs> joe rogan who don't listen to rogan yeah and um and so anyway it just becomes something that i found it was almost like i was this older guy that found this new technology, but you're right. It was cool because it was old technology, but a new way of entertainment mm-hmm. and the way that you could find anybody, any personality from Will Farrell, Farrell and his anchorman guy, you know, it's yeah. all these cool things. And Ron, Ron Burgundy, I think it is. And so, um, I don't know, I've become a big fan of it. And so I was talking to Realtree and really how we got to be doing a podcast. It was kind of by accident because, um, I had been hosting this show called Realtree Road Trips for years for Realtree. And um, Tyler Jordan, who, who got a lot more involved in the business side at Realtree, 
Um, obviously been out of college a long time now and definitely coming into Realtree and trying to start some new fires and new things. He, um, he wanted to be more involved in some of the TV shows. And said, he said, Michael, I'd really like to really take and, and, and put a new face to road trips, which was the show that I had been doing for Realtree. He said, yeah. however, I'm a big fan of podcasts. And I think that you could do a really good job with your guest list and the people, you know, of putting together a very real and entertaining podcast of just campfire talk and tactics and being real. And so I thought, Oh my God, I never really thought much about it. I remember talking to you guys because um, the the Drury's were the first to to do something in a big way with you guys from, from an outsource type of thing. And I remember telling you guys like, man, I wish you guys could help represent some of the stuff of bone collector because y'all were so real. It represented what I like. I like the real banner, the real talk. And then when Tyler mentioned that about, you know, Realtree coming with a podcast and wanted me to do it and kind of switch my hosting roles to a podcaster versus a TV host for Realtree. I was like, dude, this could be cool because I talk too much anyway. I do have a lot of buddies and, and, and I do like to debate. I do like to hear other people's side. I also like to argue for, you know, maybe the hunting culture side and um, to do my best to represent it. So it was just a perfect fit. And so, uh, so that that's that's why a bone to pick, and that's why we come up with a bone to pick because there's some things like we're talking here. Yeah. Um, some things need to be fleshed out. Some For things sure. need to be knocked off the bone and kind of laid out there. And, and let's talk about the good, the bad, the reasons, the why, uh, what what deserves a lot of respect, what possibly yeah. deserves criticism. Says me, even if it's in our camp, it doesn't matter. It's just yeah, it's just an open forum to talk, and that's that's what I've enjoyed about it. I love it. I think what's cool about like your podcast and cause Strickland has one called fistful of dirt that does really well, but it seems yeah. like, I don't know, maybe my perspective is skewed a little bit and I don't listen to a ton of outdoor podcasts cause I don't want it to like subliminally affect me. I've said that a lot on, on our podcast, um, kind of as a, like a creative, like I need to be influenced, but I don't want to be influenced by what someone else is doing in my same space. If that makes any sense. But, uh, it seems like a lot of podcasts get started as a secondhand thought of like, you know, oh, we should just have one to have one, and they don't put the energy yeah. into it. So most companies or people who already have a name that start a podcast, they're very just like, we just got to put it out so we were there. And it seems like yours and Cuz's, you guys put effort into it, so they seem to stand out above everybody else's um, that comes from an organization already. Um, so I don't know if that sounds like yeah, a compliment, I, but I'm giving I, you I, one. I, well, thank you. Thank you. And and that that is actually probably one of the best compliments you could give our podcast for sure. And I think Cuz would feel the same is because I think there is a it's weird because I've always said I feel like the youngest, oldest man in the industry. <laughs> you know, Cuz Cuz has got me probably about I would say 10 years. I'm not sure how old Cuz is. But and and I know our, he's been going in the industry since around 83 from the last interview we did. He's been. He's been going, and I started in 94, so I do think yeah. Cuz was lucky to get started when he was very young, as did I get a chance to start young. I think Cuz got hooked in with Primos, then Mossy Oak, vice versa, me with uh, Ron Brothers Game Calls and Turkey Calling, and then on to Realtree. Um, but in that, when you look at the Realtree and Mossy Oak story, there's so much respect from the personalities on both sides. I mean, I mm-hmm. love Cuz Strickland. Obviously, I'm sitting here talking about Mark Drury. Mark has always wore Mossy Oak. But there's so much love, even even from the Bill Jordan and Tyler Jordans, they love the juries. They love Cuz. It's such a an amazing respect. Yeah. And so um but at the same time, fierce competitors, you know, when it comes to selling product. 
but I do think there is a part to where it's it's a little bit of us, the old guard, even though I'm a little younger, even though I'm in the, in the boat with these guys, cause I've, I had a chance to start really young. I, I think that's why I like, cause, cause, cause we'll talk about some things that's, you know, it's pushing it in the envelope in cause's way, who is a very conservative guy. And I think sometimes it's good to, to open the door to some new things. And that's what podcasts did. That's what you guys, I mean, I remember the first time I heard a few, your guys podcasts and I heard y'all drop the F bomb and, t- and I heard, say so y'all drinking Bush beer. I thought, Oh my God, man, can they do that? I like that. I mean, I like that. I mean, yeah. literally like I drink a beer when I listen to the radio. I mean, why, why, why not drink a beer when I'm, you know, or smoke a cigar when I'm sitting here, I do it around the campfire. That's what we do. So yeah, when I, I got past myself with that and, and it, and it kind of opened up this closet of being able to, to say and do different things, not to say you got to do that, but there's a lot of people in the industry that have two different personalities. Yeah. You've seen that it's, you've got the TV radio guy, but then you got the dude over here when every, Hey, they're almost looking around. Hey man, all the cameras off. And a lot of times you'll find that when all those cameras off, this dude is so much fun and so loved. Yeah. But when the cameras are on, you're like, dude, that's not as cool. And so, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by trophy line, trophy And trophy line is not, I would, you know, I don't want to say it's just a saddle company cause it's not, um, but they offer saddles, American made saddles, the mission platform, the EDP platform, the EDP platform is actually what I rocked last fall. Um, I almost killed my biggest buck out of it. Didn't work out. That's a story coming up on the podcast. Um, I have the, 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 so it's an acronym, carry all your shit 2.0 backpack will hold sticks and the platform and everything you need to become fully mobile, um, for the right situation is saddle hunting. The only way, no, it's, it's not, we all know that. Um, if you do say that, then you're a nerd. Um, nerd. And we don't, we don't think that we think, why not be, why not have more tools in your arsenal? Why not go both ways? Well, you can, Hey, we go both ways. <laughs> Trophy line. Get yourself one. They go both ways. That, love, that's that. I don't know. They're going to love that. No, they're not. They're going <laughs> to, God damn it. Um, if you need knee savers, AKA knee pads, you can wear them. Not for us because, uh, we're not full nerds, but we do love that they offer an American-made saddle. The EDP platform is the jam, um, American-made, casted in central Illinois, uh, which is also cool for us. So check out Trophy Line. Um, a lot of stuff coming down the line from them. They, uh, Man, I think you're going to see some good stuff come out of them. And you know what's cool? They get our attitude on being mobile yeah. and kind of where we stand on everything So, and bringing a quality product to the people. Exactly. Check them out. Trophy Line. Um, Thermoseat. Thermoseat is probably the, in its, you know, I was going to say is in its shining moment this spring, but I'm going to have Thermoseats out tomorrow because it's raining like crazy right now. Yeah. And if I'm going to go hunt turkeys, Todd and I are going, we're going to not sit in the mud and we're going to have warm butts. Yeah. If my ass is wet. It's game over. It's no fun. No. So Thermoseat code WCTS on Thermoseat's website. Get yourself one. A D-Wedge is like the turkey hunting king product there. It's uh, it's D-Wedge season. It's it's D wedge season. I'd I'd say the D wedge is like just as important as your gun right now. Oh, that's so perfect. If you're running, you don't a need gun. a tree. You don't need or bow. I keep saying gun because I got I'm turkey gun minded right now. You're just ready to blast them. I'm ready to blast one pretty heavily. I saw you shoot this week, last week, and you're you're ready. 
For a guy who never shoots shotguns. That was really good. Thank you. I'm not that good. I thought you'd... I mean... Yeah, it, was, it was good enough. I could shoot some stuff, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, would victory put me on a catalog turkey hunting with my $400 shotgun that I put a wrap on? I think it looks pretty dope. It better. Hey, I'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> Come on, Thermos. See, throw me a bone here. <laughs> Fuck. You just have like an arrow taped to your barrel. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. I'm on the cover of Inside Archery Magazine. Take some notes, motherfuckers. Um, victory, man. We talked about victory earlier in the intro. Um, they, I, you know, I, I've been shooting the rip TKOs. I think I'm going to just add some weight to it. Um, oh, we're going to get Nathan on and be like, Hey dude, help me. I'm basically going to have him design an arrow for me. Okay. That's not, we should all probably do that to be honest. We should. I mean, even he said though, like rip TKO can't go wrong. So I just stand by him. Yeah. But you know, you can always, we'll see. We'll have a on again. We'll talk through that for our hunt. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have an arrow prescription come up from old Nate Watts on that. Um, and Huntworth, man, a couple questions came up on social lately about that. Huntworth clothing. And I'm a big advocate for Huntworth. Not only are the people amazing, but um, the products are amazing, especially for the price. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, we don't just say they're amazing because they're a sponsor. They really are amazing. Well, I, you know what happens when you do that? You get fucking called out. Yeah. If you're, like, promoting shit. It's just real deal, though. Um it, you can get into a nice jacket for 150 bucks. pants in the same ballpark. Um, they have solid color pants now, uh, starting at around $110. Bucks. Um, it's, it's basically the best quality stuff you can get for the price. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how else you want us to fucking test it. We've had it in Alaska. We've had it on Spring Bear Camp. We had it in Wyoming Mule Deer. We had it in the Whitetail Woods. I wore all the late season stuff in the frigid cold hunting mountain lions. Uh, we're taking it back to Spring Bear, or from Turkey to Spring Bear, to Africa, to the Elk Woods, back to Whitetail Woods. We've, we're really going to test it out through everything. So Yeah, we're running it through. Like, we're actually wearing it, motherfucker. Like, I'm on top of a mountain in one picture I put up in the group. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be on a fucking mountain wearing it. <laughs> hold on a second. Let me put this on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold on for this photo. Um, but, yeah, we believe in it. And we do, um, oh, you know what? We do have a promo code, dude, and we've been failing on it. I actually, do I, I have e- it on there? No. Um we have a cheat sheet on here. I, I emailed. Oh shit! Where is it? Give me a sec. Give me a sec. How have I? Here it is. Yeah, WCB fifteen people for Huntworth. Save yourself a little bit of money. Whoopsie. Yeah, okay. Well, there it is. I don't know how I delayed on that. Sorry for that. That's real time right there. Um There it is. You got a veteran shout out? Oh, I we think... do we do have one more cuz I got to make this plug while you're here, Doug, because I, this, you're my favorite when it comes to this one. Camelfire. Camelfire.com and uh dang, right now they got some goodies. So it's a revolving deal. So there's 7 hours left on these deals. The website refreshes and there's new deals. Um holy smokes. That chair would be perfect for like a blind. Hold on, is that chair ten bucks? Yeah. How is that possible? Holy shit! How is that possible? Well, fuck! Looks like I'm making a purchase. Yeah, I'm about on to buy one. Yeah, I'm about to buy one right now. Uh, there's a Stealth Hunter insulated chair. Oh, it's a chair cover. Ah, damn it! Still dope though. <laughs> they had me in the first half. Not gonna lie. Well, I mean that's actually not a bad idea, especially if you got a box blind. Uh, but right now they have uh, Jet Boils twenty five percent off. Alps Mountaineer, uh, Mountaineering Tents right now, 35% off. Um, 
everything from two-way walkies to camp stuff, like camping tables, camping chairs. There's an e-bike on here for 27% off, all sorts of goodies. Um, really, it's just always changing. It's all useful stuff that, that you'll crazy? use. It's always changing. I like it. It's fun. Just like the other sites I, I visit. Oh, look at these black over sleeping bags. 37% off. Dude, I need one, actually. Yeah, you do. Especially for bear camp. Yeah. Dude, there's some tents in here, 40% off. 80 bucks for that single-person tent. There, this is a good one. There's a cot. Really nice cot. All right, you can tell we're nerding out. There's a tech game for $100. Yeah, um, I better delete our history right now. Yeah, I'm going to buy some shit. Well, well my wife man. doesn't come to the studio and get on this computer, so I can do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> so check out Camel Fire, and we're ranting. Um, Doug, you got a veteran shout-out? I do. Uh, as always, brought to you by HHA USA. Go to HHAUSA.org to check them out. Uh, this is submitted by David Reeder, and the veteran is Scott Winters. He's in the Army. It says here, Scott's a longtime personal friend of mine and my hunting partner for almost all my hunts for any species. Scott's a veteran of the United States Army, and after completing his military service, he followed his education to become, to become a master's level counselor. Very nice. Hmm. After completing his education, he began his career for the VA as a veterans readjustment counselor helping veterans make a tradition back to civilian life more manageable. That's really awesome, actually. That is cool. Good for him. Scott is a passion about hunting, fishing, and just general outdoors. He has worked with clients to get him in the outdoors to help, to get them in the outdoors to help with their mental health and their transition to civilian life after the military. Uh, for hunting experiences, it says, uh, I've gotten Scott back into archery hunting after many years of being away from being in the military. And be- he began bow hunting with me three years ago after we hunted for many years. Scott recently purchased a new compound bow for this upcoming season. So uh, thanks for doing that, David, and thank you for your service, Scott. And thank you for your you know your service to continue on us. Yeah. To get them veterans back out there. Thanks for your service, Scott. That's pretty kick-ass. That is badass. Sounds like a great dude. He's got a YouTube channel here. Might have to click on that later. What's his YouTube? I want to click it here. Sorry for the interruption on the episode, by the way. We kind of got long-winded on this one. but we're just... Oh, it's just a, a congressman recognizing him for his, oh, cool. for his work. So Awesome. Well, cool. Thanks, guys, for submitting that. Thanks, yeah. David. Thank you for your service, Scott. That's Thanks. awesome. Thanks, Scott. Back to the episode, guys. Thanks for being here. Sorry about that. I, I... I think for me, podcasting has given me a chance to really, even though I pushed the envelope in a vanilla kind of way, I mean, it was wild, dude. Road trips was wild and crazy. But yeah. you go back and look at it, it is so G-rated, dude. Yeah, but, but wild and I don't think, you know, yeah, you're pushing the envelope, but like imagine if we started working class bow hunter the same time you started road trips, they would have burned us at the stake from episode oh, one. Like you got to no, push the envelope for the era that you're in, I guess. Does yeah. that, I, don't know. I pushed it as far as I could. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, some of the things I said, and even when you talk about, you know, like, you know, we started talking about reaping turkeys, there was taxes and stuff and we... We were just not, we, we were, we were trying, I hate to use the word artist because that does sound kind of weird. We, we weren't artists. We were the creators. just young and creating things of the way we lived our life, the way we hunted, what we said, being real. And I realized that being real and being raw and being straightforward was being almost too over the top for some, mm-hmm. but thank Jesus, most everybody reacted in a very positive way back then because they had never seen anything like it. They actually had seen a lot like it. It was their hunting camp. <laughs> right. It was their hunting camp. It was it was like, oh my God, these dudes, these 
They got the same red solo cups. Yeah. They got the same fire. They're just as tired in the morning when they roll out of bed. You know, they, yeah. somebody's picking somebody's picking on them on what stand they're going to go to. Somebody gets super excited when they shoot a big buck and saying some stuff that makes no sense. They say was when they should have said were. And it, it wasn't prim and proper. And I think there was such an insecurity the way hunting was supposed to be represented mm-hmm. that you could only do it one way. And I think you're right. I think that we were ashamed of who we really were. And that is the worst place to ever be in the biggest depression that you can ever get yourself on is to be ashamed of who you are. And that doesn't mean that we don't look at ourselves and try to improve, mm-hmm. but you got to, you got to be, you got to respect yourself first before you can decide have anybody respect you. And so, yeah. uh, and, and you're right. Yeah. That's what you guys did. Y'all, y'all opened up a new era of being able to discuss these things. Sure. People, you know, they might, you know, compare you to Howard Stern, but Howard Stern did it. So in that way, y- y'all were the first yeah, to me, y'all 10 times more talented than Howard Stern. But, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, but, but at the same time from the comparison of, he did shock some people. He did say some things and they did put it out there. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what was cool and fresh about the way y'all did it. And I hope people saw that in road trips. We really didn't care if we made it. And I know that sounds really bad, but I don't, I, I think you have to have the security that I'm just going to be me. I'm going to play my music. I'm going to hunt my hunt. I'm going to do it my way. I know I might get some hate, but this is us. If you don't like it, turn the channel. Yeah. And you know what? If this don't work out, I'll keep working over here where I'm working. I'm a happy man. I'm a happy man. I got my group of buddies. I got my life. I got my culture. I'm not trying to be or run a popularity contest. And I promise you, Kurt, I can say that for me. I've never done anything to hope to be more popular. I've done things out of sincerity of maybe even at the times of a little selfishness, take turkey hunting or, or, or killing a deer I'm not sitting here trying to shoot a deer because I hope somebody likes me. I'm wanting to shoot a deer because I just really want to get one, man. Yeah. I'm I'm reaping a turkey or, or use I hate to use the word reap or whatever it is. I'm doing it because it's just another tactic. And I really, really want to get a turkey that morning. Mm-hmm. And people will say, Well, it's okay to let the turkeys win. Yeah, but man, I left my beautiful wife laying in a warm bed and she would have made me a great breakfast and I could have played with my kids. And yeah. and, and if I'm gonna go spend this two hours. I only did it because I really want to enjoy the outdoors and I really hope I can get a turkey. Yeah. I really went fishing and left my family because I'm happy. I'm not trying to escape this family life. Most of the time I take my kids with me. However, if I go fishing, I do want to catch a fish. For sure. So call me a jerk. I mean, I'm not saying I can't live if I don't. I do. But to me, I'm thinking, man, I should have stayed at home today. That was a beautiful sunrise and it was beautiful. But man, I should have went to my boys' t-ball game. Yeah. You know, I really should yeah. have. I mean, so I don't know. You got to juggle all these things. I, I I just did things because this is what I loved, and hopefully, it, minimal people could see the passion. And and if they saw how much I loved it, then maybe they could learn to love it like I did. For sure. That's it. Really, That's I love it. that, man. I love that because when we started the podcast, we never thought of going where we're just talking shit, talking hunting, having fun. But you know, at the same time, we we always tried to. Tote the line to where we've always been ethical. We've always been by the book. Um, and But, you know, we can have fun and be rowdy and have a good time and still be that. But all, at the same time, we're, we never voted ourselves to be the almighty spokesman president of the hunting community. <laughs> like, I don't exactly. want that. I don't want that job. I want to entertain people. And I guess the goal with our show, if you could, if you're in a car 
with a lot of everyone else in the car is doesn't hunt. They don't know anything about hunting, but you do, and you're driving. You put on working class bow hunter. I want those people to not be bored out of their mind and find entertainment value in it, and kind of be like, "Wow, these I don't know what they're talking about, but these guys are a good time." Like that's one of yes. our goals in that, in what we do. So, yeah, but yeah, definitely we're ethical. But I'm not voting us to be president of the hunting community because yeah, we're definitely not that. But we just like to have fun. So who was it? I just saw some athlete who said, "Look, I never wanted to be a role model. I just wanted to play football." <laughs> and, 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 and as simple as that is, it's pretty deep. And, yeah. and, um, and I found the older I get, you know, the more philosophical I get and the more yeah. I look at things. And I do think what we do in the hunting space, really in the entertainment space is no different than anything else. I think being able to use the word entertainment is a huge word that the hunting industry and some of these TV shows and other podcasts forgot. They thought that immediately you're going to be in and you're going to be loved but they forgot that you're in the entertainment business. If you do a hunting show, you are in the entertainment business and you are representing a culture. I mean, Clint Boyer was racing, but he raced because his job was to be the most entertaining racer, Dale Earnhardt, so on and so forth. So if you get into the space and don't recognize that you are there to entertain or at least, bring forth the things about hunting that does entertain, Mm -hmm. then you're in it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it, hoping people will love you and think you look kind of hot and camo and, and that you, you, you're tough and you're rugged and man, it's about not going to go anywhere. It's real corny, real fast. You're going to be a celebrity or you're going to be, you know, somebody to sign in hats. People are smart enough to read through that very, very quickly. And um, we're the, we're the John Daly. yeah. We're the John Daly of hunting, if you compare that to yes. <laughs> And John don't care. John, don't. John, John don't care. But that might be a bad analogy. Dollar. I don't think so, because I, I think you guys are real. I mean, that's the thing, man. I, and, and I'm, you know, we're, we're a little different in age. You know, I, I, probably, I got y'all by several years. However, um, I do think the more I live this life, the more I feel at peace with people that are real, even people that offend me, even people that are straightforward and say, say things that I don't want to be hurt, that I might not want to have heard. I just find refreshment and mm-hmm. a delight to be around these secure people. And most of the time you will find that the most easy to be around are the successful people and not only are they easy to be around because they don't care if you like them but you can also learn something from them that old saying that it show me who you're hanging around and i'll show you what you'll become and in your success if you'll put yourself around secure successful people that are full of positive energy and not negative energy you will learn so much and you will have so much more joy in your life and um and if you're around that hate and that group of people that's going around trying to, you know, close down podcasts because they're saying things don't need to be said or yeah. trying to shut down a certain way of hunting, you will find that, man, you don't have a lot of joy. It, it's it's a it's a sad place you can be living in. And um, and if you're that convicted and, and you really think that it's sincerely a tactic in any aspect that you think is detrimental 
then yes, bring your story forth and let, let the people give their verdict on it. Mm-hmm. But what you'll find usually is real personal. It's not biological. It's very personal. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So the, I don't know, man, I like secure real people. Me too. And I've always said, you know, what the way people talk, if they're, and I don't know, maybe it's my perspective. Maybe it's like the blue collar background, but I know you come from that as well. It's like everybody knows the language on a job site. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's the worst shit you'll ever hear. And it's fun. Tough. Uh, it's tough. And you know, the people, like I always say, jokingly, I always say blued, screwed and tattooed. And like, I always say, that's me. And I've, I talk a little rough. I might act a little different. I don't look like a hunter when you see me at the farm store or whatever, but I feel like when you're around people like that, that talk and carry themselves a certain way, they're productive, but they're just who they are. Like you said, those are the most trustworthy people to be around because you know they're not going to be bullshitting you about anything, and Dude, you that, just go with it. Yes, Kurt, that is so freaking true. Because my dad, he was a contractor, so on every summer I worked with my dad. I mean, from sheetrock to running bull floats to framing houses to picking up trash. I mean, painting. None of it I was that good at. But the things I heard, <laughs> the things, the help. Uh, and the things I learned, the things I saw them do, I mean, you know, and, and, and then literally the things my dad, the way he managed and vice versa, the way some of his help managed me. I mean, dude, it, it would not fly in today's society, but I promise you around those construction sites, it still said the same thing. You screw up or you do something dumb. You will be the dummy and you get put down, ridiculed, but it's amazing how tough it makes you. Because it's already tough. It's a tough physical job. But then when you get the mental aspect, it makes all this stuff. It kind of maybe that's what set us up for this, you know, public criticism. It don't bother me, man. I've already yeah. had, you know, my dad's one of his best friends, you know, a black brick, brick mason named Bill Joe stayed on my butt all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all the time. You, it, it, but yet that man loved me. He'll cry right now when he gets to talking about me and so happy for my success. Yeah. But there were times I thought Bill Joe wants to kill me. He, mm-hmm. he hates me and he didn't hate me. It's yeah. just like that tough football coach. Just they what it is. You. They see something in you and they push to get it out. They don't sit there and rub and pamper you. Yeah. They push you to become what you don't even know you're capable of. For sure. And I think we're missing a little bit of that in today's society. And um, I think people are getting soft. And, they are. And, I, and I, I don't think that's good. I worked on a farm for a while straight out of, uh, well, when I got, I got a two-year degree in business management and marketing. And then I went straight and worked on a farm and always around that shit, you know. But my boss there was the same way, like, Call you, ask you how you're doing, but you're there. You do something dumb, and you know you screwed up. You're like, oh, I hope Ted doesn't see this. He come in, well, Jesus effing, and just let you have it. And you're just like, nah. You just feel like the the lowest you can. But then, you know, he'd let you learn from that, and he'd come back and be like, hey, man, you're good. You're fine. But, man, he'd let you have it. Or just say shit to you to make you just, I don't know. There's just something that about that I think that sticks with you in a pot, even though it seems like a negative in the moment. It's a positive when you're older and you're an adult and you look back on like some of the shit oh, you yeah. went through. <laughs> There's no doubt. I saw my dad one time we were framing up a house and that was before the nail guns and I had just got to where I could get on the roof and, and help yeah. you know deck a, a, a top of a house you know put the after rafter rafters on and we were decking it and my dad had just hired this old boy and uh, my dad was a saw man he was ripping some places around the corner some different things yeah and we were pushing it up on the roof and, and my dad said hey boy I said, hey look he said swing at 
hammer. He said, quit choking up on it, get on the end of it and swing that damn hammer. He said, you peck and sound like a woodpecker up there. Because, you know, them yeah. guys, uh-huh. I mean, they'll just get a nail, pow, you know, pat, you know, pow. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting it 27 right? times to get a nail in. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so they're 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 uh, they're wearing it out. And um, so my dad's getting frustrated with this guy. And it was old hickory handle, a little east wing, but it had a hickory handle. Yeah. And uh, and so my dad finally, he said, quit choking. He was yelling at him. I said, quit choking up. He said, quit. Come on, let's go. Hit that. Hit the nail. Let's go. And finally, my dad said, hey, boy, throw me that hammer down here. And he threw the hammer off the roof. And my dad just took his skill saw and cut about that much off of that. And he said, now you won't, now you can, you don't have to worry about using the end of it. <laughs> just cut his freaking hammer handle right off. And that's the things. And I'm sitting here listening to this. And if you don't think I ain't this young, you know, 15-year-old kid, I'm beating the hell out of it. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm going to get real good at this turkey calling. Yeah. Because this is tough. <laughs> this is a tough way to make a living. Yeah. And um, and there's still people. I don't forget that. And that's why getting back to this whole hunting industry thing, guess what you did on a Friday night, cool fall evening? You went home, had you a couple beers, figured out where you wanted to go hunting. Yep. That next morning, you had been rode hard. You've been pushed hard. You had a little money in your pocket. You still thought you deserved a little more. Cold beer tastes good. A little round steak. Salisbury steak, maybe your wife made some meatloaf. And in that case, looking back, my mama did. And what did we have to look forward to? Get up on a Saturday morning on a frosty day and go deer hunt with a 30 off six. And now what do those same people have to look forward to? Kill it and post it. And some dickhead is over there posting some sorry stuff that didn't even have the week he had. Yeah. That didn't have his hammer handle cut off and his boss on his butt all week. And, and, and now this guy is like, are you kidding me? I had some joy this Saturday, and this guy's trying to limit me and take it away from me. Yeah. We got to be careful of that, especially in the industry. We got to be careful of that, man. Yeah. We got to celebrate that. And long as Kurt, you know where you come from. I know where I come from. And I'm I'm blessed and mm-hmm. I'm I'm spoiled beyond compare now. But at least I can admit it. And um I get a chance to hunt some amazing places, both on public ground and private. But I'm telling you. I, I work harder because I know what it's like to be on top of a roof. And I know what it's like to run a bullfrog. I know how tough it is and what a skill it is to hang sheetrock and finish concrete mm-hmm. and, and to drive a, a 18 wheeler and to do these things that, that sometimes I think our country don't appreciate enough. And yeah. so I get a chance to hunt turkeys and try to develop new tactics that will work for those people that they can use on a Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. because they've been working for me and you um, not directly but giving us an opportunity to have a better life in America. So yes, you know what? Get mad at me. If I figure out a new tactic that somebody can use and I can say, Hey dude, you've been working 60 hours, but you got Saturday morning. If that Turkey hangs up, man, you can flog that decoy. He 90% of the time he'll come running. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. I'm just saying, man, I know you only got that one morning. Yeah. I know you only got that one morning. Get after it. And I love so, that perspective, man. I think that's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy and it's positive, and I love it. And dude, I, I appreciate you jumping on with me. I know we're both busy right now. This conversation's been a blast. I love this, like, no deep doubt. dive, deep thought type conversations. But I want to end this podcast with something, like, lighthearted and pretty funny. So yes, I'm sitting in our studio. We've had the studio for close to a year now, and we had a listener come by and said, hey, I want to, like, people drop off memorabilia and just different things. And I'm, I'm going to step out and grab something that I think you'll find pretty funny. Because we've had, yes. and I want to tell you a story about it here. So give me one second. Okay. Take me two seconds here. Perfect.
the big reveal. All right. No way, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, dude, I have not seen that thing in forever. So, I'll just stand it up back there. <laughs> that is the bomb, man. <laughs> so, a listener brought that by and it was at some archery shop and he just, that was like closing down or something. And he's like, Hey, yeah. he grabbed it. So this thing has been sitting. I say this thing with all due respect, this gorgeous cutout of you has been in the back of our studio and it's, it sits in this like crevice where the bathroom door opens. So the bathroom doors open, you can't see you, but when it's shut, you can see direct line of sight from the front door of our studio to the back Everybody that walks in is like, hey, man, oh, they think it's somebody standing in the back of our studio, but it's just been you the whole time. So, Oh, my God, that is so funny. And to, and to kind of give you even some funny story behind that, so that was back, way back. Like, I'm talking 2000, maybe four or five. And um, and people back then, they thought I was just rich, man. That's like, damn, what, what else getting paid? And I was working full-time for Realtree, so I didn't get paid anything for doing that. But what I did get was free beef jerky and let me just tell you if you only knew how much beef jerky i ate i, I like literally purged myself my family my kids i mean my dad we ate so much beef jerky and it's funny uh this past um early turkey season i had a chance to hunt with troy link of mm-hmm. jack link's beef jerky yeah and i told him a little bit about that story but um Holy cow, man. But that was the coolest thing. You want to talk about being from Booger Bottom, Georgia, and your family comes in and sees that poster in a little old convenience store? Yeah. Man, I might as well have been Elvis back then. My family was so proud. That that poster is pretty significant because that's when there were two things happened there in that time frame, Kurt. Uh-huh. One is Waffle House put me on the menu. I remember so we talked a, about that. Picture the, me on the Waffle House. The first time we podcasted, poster, we talked about the Waffle House menu. My family, my family really thought that I had just failed in life. I mean, like people's like, well, what's Michael doing? Like, oh man, he's man. He thinks he's going to make it in this hunting thing. And man, I don't know. He's, he's yelping at turkeys and trying to hunt deer and video and build Jordan. And they trying to give him a little old show, but you know, it ain't going to do nothing. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, cousin joe walks into the store and they see me and it's like now they're all calling me looking for beef jerky and coupons to go to waffle house so that is a that's awesome i haven't seen that thing in a long time you don't have one of these no i do not but, but it is funny so so when that came out i was probably on the road more than i ever had been in my life like i was gone all the time like never home and mm-hmm. so you can see the picture i was a lot younger and so that was in the the point to where all of my homeboys back home, they were always calling me, hey, man, we're going to go fishing down in Panama City Beach. We're, we're going to rent a boat and, you know, see if we can't go catch some grouper, you know, some red snapper, snapper season, cobia, whatever. Hey, we went over to a duck club and go shoot some duck. I'm like, man, I can't go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I got to go to this Cabela store or, or whatever it might be. And I'm um, sorry, you know, and it was just, a, it was a great time in my life, but I was missing out on a lot of cool stuff, yeah. too, that I had been used to being part of in that blue collar fraternity of buddies you know mm-hmm. so a couple of my buddies who were very active and outdoors they got one of those posters and, and and bought one off this little c store and um and they took it they took that poster with them so every time we'd go they would have me with them and they'd take a picture like a, a, a you know a limited grouper or bass fish and they'd always have me there and i was always had that same look, you know? <laughs> i was always sitting there so oh, that's yeah amazing. that's pretty cool 
That's I'm, glad awesome. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. So it's just been uh, hanging out in our studio for, I don't know, four or five months or something like that. So it's pretty funny. One hell of a scarecrow, man. That's what you put in the garden, buddy. I promise you. I have to laminate it so it doesn't disintegrate and do that. Put it out there. But I put it in. So I just cleaned the whole studio the other day because we're doing some filming in here this weekend. So we have one bedroom here at the studio, and I put it behind the bedroom door, and I'm just waiting for someone to go lay down in there and shut the door and just come unglued because Waddell's <laughs> watching them. <laughs> Dude, my dad, I think, still has one of those, Kurt. And it's funny you're talking about people seeing it and wondering. So i tell you what did happen with that poster. So my dad had one. He was very proud. My dad's always been such a, a just a good inspiration to me. And he's been very proud of, of what I've had a chance to do. And so anything that comes out, my dad's going to have some memorabilia. So anything that, that might've come out an ad or something, my dad has kind of made it on a little scrapbook and he'll, he'll get, you know, his wife to, to cut it out and put it in a little folder or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, he had a couple of those that he had got from the C stores, you know, the convenience stores. And, um, he had it out on his deck by his grill and he had it kind of overlooking this little drive area where you pull around my dad's house. So one day a friend of my dad's, who is also a a mutual friend that I had when I was a kid, he was my dad's age. Mm -hmm. He pulled up and and I, and he, he looked, through the shadows at about 50, 60 yards away, he sees me standing. He said, Hey, Michael, tell your daddy, I come, I come by. And, um, well, I didn't say nothing back. Well, he kept talking to me and the guy left out of there, uh, and later called my dad's landline, you know, cell phones are out, but you know, old timers still call landlines. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that damn celebrity and went to your boy's head. I pulled up, he said, stand on the deck, holding a platter grill and stuff. And wouldn't say shit to me. And so, <laughs> my dad said that was not Michael. That was a cutout. That's so amazing. I was already getting too big for my pants when that poster came out. <laughs> One of our friends had pulled up and, and wouldn't wouldn't I wouldn't talk to him. I was just standing there smiling like a goofball, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah, that hilarious. Got a lot of history. Well, I'm glad I have one then. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I I thought I might have sent you a picture of that thing giving you shit one time, but I don't know if I ever did, but you might have did. Anyway, it worked better here doing it on the podcast. So if you're listening to this episode, you got to watch the video version now. So, Yes. <laughs> well, cool, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time and, and doing this with me. And best of luck to you guys with everything you got going on. And best of luck to you with your podcast. Kurt, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, thanks for all y'all do, man. And uh, love catching up with you. Tell the whole crew I said hey. And uh, I told Nick and T-Bone I was about to jump on today with you guys. They say to tell you guys hey. So, uh, Yep. Keep rolling, man. Awesome. Much success to you guys. Y'all keep spitting it, man. We, we're big fans of it, for sure. Thanks, buddy. I got to call T-Bone and get a date scheduled with him. He's next on the list here. so gotta... You ain't lying, man. That old boy, man, he's smiling hard, man. He's going through some tough times, but that is – man, you're talking about inspiration. That joker's something, man. It's he's a good happy. thing he has the attitude he has because, man, that's inspiring just in general. It, it really is, man. Sometimes I'll get frustrated and I'll call T-Bone. And it's funny. You would think that it would be us that motivate him. He's going through so much, but when we have a little petty malfunction in the day or something bothers us or aggravates us, you can call T-Bone, man, mm-hmm. and he just pick you up. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, the guy lost his leg and has fought cancer, and he's the one giving us inspirational moments and yeah. and laughing and cutting up and sending jokes. And, I mean, it's – I don't know, man. It's, it's really hit home with me, and it's been amazing, all the love and – all the people that have reached out and prayed for T-Bone. And um, yeah. again, like I said, I know we talked about some of the negatives, but the positive of this space in this industry, 
I can't say uh, thank you enough for the people that have reached out to my buddy T-Bone and, and to really all of us, it, it just, it, it literally had us all crying a lot of times because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny how we talked about does some of the negative comments get to us or even you? Yeah, they do. But you really want to penetrate deep and hit home is when people show us the love and respect and, and yeah. you can, it, it, it is absolutely one of the most humbling things that, that will break a, break a man down in a good way. And so uh, yeah, for sure, I'll never minimize that. And I love, I love everybody who's reached out to my buddy bone, my buddy T bone. He's it's, it's been amazing. It's, I can't imagine what it's made him feel like because just as a friend, it's, it's certainly warm my heart. So yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's a, you know, the the negatives just scream a little louder. I think it's fun to break that down, but there's a ton of positives and a ton of great people out there. And yeah, I mean, Bone's like the most positive guy in the game. And I don't even think there's a close second to that. He's just fun and positive. And, you know, watching his live, he's like, man, there's always somebody out there that's got it worse. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, he's right. I know. You know, I know T-Bone's a very strong advocate. He said, smiles sell more than frowns. And, um, and he ain't selling you BS. T Bone smiles. Mm-hmm. He, he he's happy. He, he's 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 uh, you know, T Bone's been a guy, big guy all his life, and he don't blame nobody but himself. Mm-hmm. He don't sit there and talk about this and that, genetics and thyroids or whatever. He just says, "Hey man, I mean, I like groceries and yeah, I like know, Cheetos is what he says. That's I like Cheetos and you know, and I'm I'm not going to be doing a bunch of running and stuff like that. And um, yeah. But he didn't let it limit him, limit himself and his goals and his priorities. And so, uh, much respect to the guy. And so, uh, yeah. I, I believe in what he says. I think smiles are stronger than frowns, man. He's he's happy, and that's why we 100%. get along so good. We just laugh and cut up and rib each other, and and just have so much fun. And and literally, here we are, forty eight. You know, T Bone's fifty two, I think. Nick's forty eight, and we literally are still have the mentality of a 12 year old when it comes to having fun we just we're, we're like stepbrothers i mean literally if you want to know who we are that's yeah. what what stepbrothers man that's it <laughs> i love we get it mad with playing our, our drums you know <laughs> yeah putting putting their nuts on your drum set <laughs> exactly yeah well we've got my 22 shell i know i had 2492 in here and there's only right. freaking 1500 left <laughs> right. so who shot them Exactly. Yeah. Well, we miss Bone. He he's awesome. He'll always, uh, if we can, you know, if he's at the same trade show where we're at, we'll all go out to dinner. And last year at the Wisconsin show, we all ate at this nice steakhouse together and got some good yeah. steaks and cut up. And we went this year and we're texting him while we were there and sending him pictures and good vibes and stuff like that. So we we missed him. We're o- we're, we're overdue to guys. catch up with him. So, but well, I know he can't wait. He, he loves you guys and he he's y'all's biggest fan, man. And and that's the thing with Bone, man. I. I love the security he has, and he um he he definitely if he sees something he likes, man, he he promotes it and talks about it and tries to share it with others. And so it's I don't know, just I can't say enough good things about T Bone Nick too. Maybe Nick's a good guy too, man. He is. I've been very blessed to have some good people in my life that that I call friends. I work with them, but um, it's funny, it's it's crazy, man. I it's you know when you see that poster behind that, and I look at the image of myself on. <laughs> You know, on this, yeah, it's probably, this I just podcast. left it there. I, I, I mean, it's like I have people that say, dang, Waddell, you're getting old. Like, man, yes. Well, no I, shit. I, old. I done got old, man. Yeah. You know, it, 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 and, and I laugh because I still feel young at heart. 
but you know, you look at me, Nick and T-Bone, you look at my relationship with a lot of the guys at Realtree, I'm starting to kind of feel like the Rolling Stones, man. It's like, we've been making our music a long time and everybody don't love it, but we got a lot of people that do. And, and it's not because of us. It's because of what we represent, which is hunting and that culture. And, and that's what's so contagious. And so it feels so good, Kirk, man, it is. I'm in a happy place in my life. And, um, I do get bent up sometimes and frustrated at, at some of the tactics of social media keyboard warriors. Yeah. But overall, I'm very positive at what I see out there. I just think it can be better. I think the, I think we can do more. I think the industry is sometimes undervalued itself and where we can go in the talent. When you look at people like what happened with Duck Dynasty, you look at what happens in the hunting space and some of these people that are so talented. We should see more Jim Shockey on Fox News talking about our resources. We should see more of you guys talking about the love and, and the success y'all had as businessmen when it comes to working class bow hunter. We should have, you know, more hunting personalities and, and Tiffany Lukoski being able to, on a big mainstream media outlet, talking about what it's like to be a female hunter and the joy she finds in raising her kids around the outdoors. And um, so, so, what happens when, when I talk about the negative, I think that sometimes stands in the way. It's like, if we can't get along amongst ourselves, then why would somebody want to have us help promote it at a bigger level? We're fighting. Yeah. It just looks like we're beating each other up all the time anyway. And that, really but, but also man, to, to come back on that, it's one, it's great conversation and it's healthy conversation because you got to talk about it to be able to work through it. So yes, you got to talk about it. And so with that, if I come across, you know, tough to, some people that might have been one of the guys who made that comment. I apologize if I offended you. However, man, I am for you. That, that's the thing. I am for you. I am for your convictions and how you want to hunt. I am for conservation. I'm not trying to kill every turkey in the woods. I'm just trying to create a better way to do it for those who don't get to do it all the time. But at the same time, I mean, we, we have to respect each other's opinions without completely calling names and looking like, you know, throwing stones and trying to mm -hmm. shut things down. I mean, PETA is sitting around. They don't care if you reap a turkey. They don't care if you use TSS. They don't care if you shoot them with slingshots or, or, or don't get one 98% of the time. They just don't want me or you, the aggressive hunter or the dude who's sitting by a tree and hunts for an hour and then goes to Waffle House to eat and most of the time don't get one. They don't want neither one of us hunting. Yeah. They don't want any of us to compound bow hunt, rifle hunt, I mean, nunchuck hunt, Chinese star, they don't want us to doing it with anything. Mm -hmm. And so in the meantime, you spend more, you know, those people spend more time trying to shut down crossbows or trying to shut down, you know, some turkey season or something. It, it's just that part of it. I think we need some improvement, but um, definitely overall, I think we're on the right track. We got good people doing good podcasts, spreading the good news about how cool the hunting culture is and how fun it is to share camps with family, friends, and and really get after some of these elusive creatures that 99% of the time they do win, Kurt. They whoop us all. The yeah. best hunters out there, whether you see them on TV or the people that you never see, they beat us most of the time. And that's what keeps us looking for different tactics and different ways to win. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. That's it. I mean, people, people are always going to push to, to, to get better and to do more. And I think that's the way the hunter is going to do. I mean, think about it. We're breaking still every year. We're breaking the 40 yard dash. I mean, people have been running 
since before Jesus Christ. People have been racing and timing it, and we're still breaking it. So is the purist mad that we're creating better ways to ear to pocket, to, to, to build muscles, to run a little faster? Why, why should they limit us yeah. to, to on hunting? I mean, um, Ishi, Ishi was pushing forward in bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Pope and Young went on with that. Fred Bear went on to innovate. Um, I think it's our job. I think if we're the last culture that's not innovating tactics, then it's dying. We're pretty weak. We're yeah. pretty weak. That's the case. Definitely, man. I love it. I love your your mindset on everything, and I like talking to guys like you because there's a lot of stuff that I probably internally need to be a little more positive on or think differently about. So it's always good to hear everybody's different perspectives and all that, and makes me. I think it, it helps me grow. Podcasting has kind of opened this opportunity for me. Same, to, same to thing, man. I, I literally just want people to be able to do it their way, whether mm-hmm. it's their podcast, whether it's their hunting show. Do it, do it your way, man. Because, um, and, and you'll get criticism, but at the same time, that's that's the least you deserve to yourself is to is to own it for your for your own self. Because people will try to dictate, take away a lot of things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing what can be took from us it's even more amazing that sometimes we will just allow people to take it out of yeah. peer pressure, out of feeling like a punk or that clown. And I promise you, that is one thing will never happen to me. I ain't hunting for nobody. I'm hunting for myself because God gave me that right. And that's my, that's my right. That ain't, that ain't your way. I don't care how you do it. And I really don't care if you like the way I do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it from you. If, if, if there's something that you see that works and something you see and you want to talk to me about that you like or dislike, man, that's completely fine. But, um, yeah, don't come down I mean, on me for something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's next? You're going to hate my wife's haircut and tell me that I should leave her. I mean, what, 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 where does it, where does, where is the line in the sand? Yeah. I mean, it's just like public, private, high fence. I don't care what you do, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I just want to see you happy and smile because most of us, work so hard and have so much stress and anxiety and pressure on us, especially as men. Um, again, that's careful how you say that woke culture will burn you down, but most men have a tremendous amount of weight on their shoulders, you know, to, to make ends meet for their family, their children, for their business colleagues, for their partners. Mm-hmm. Women do too. But let's not forget, we're still dominated by a mainly man hunting community. We we have more growth in the women side of things than ever. Um, we got all different ethnicities that are hunting now. It's it's better than it ever was. We gained a couple million hunters through the COVID pandemic. So yeah. that's a good thing. But we have so much things that we are told what we have to do. What? How much money we got to make every month to keep the lights on, to keep milk bought, to keep Fruit Loops, to keep shoes on the kids, to food in the pantry? We don't need someone telling us how we have to hunt. Yeah, agreed. We don't need somebody to tell us that you got to do it in the ground blind, or you got to do it in a tree, you got to do it on private, you got to do it on public, and no matter which way you do it. If you get put down and, 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 and you're told that that was a sissy way or you're not really a hunter if you do it that way, that is one of the most mean, cruel things you can say, especially to that man that has bust his ass, that has paid his taxes, that has all the stress of life on him. Mm-hmm. And now you want to steal his joy. 
over taking a 30 off six and sitting by a pine tree and trying to shoot a two-year-old buck. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, I, you got to look deep yeah. and I get frustrated a lot of things, but we got to look deep and we got to look past ourselves. And, um, so in that, man, I, I really say it. I say it a lot, man, I, man, I, I love everybody. I really do. But that don't mean that I can't get mad at you yeah. because, you know, I mean, we get mad at our youngins. Our wife gets mad at us. We get mad at them sometimes, but it don't mean we don't love one another. And I love every fellow hunter that, that wants to share the woods, that wants to get after it. And I'm not going to hate on them. It might not mean I might lose my cool, say some things back because I am old school. I'll, I'll meet up. We'll, we'll brawl in the street. I'm old yeah. school, man. I, I don't mind getting whooped. I've whooped some folks and I've got whooped a lot. Hey, you, you win know? some, you lose some, man. That's just part you of lose life. Some. Man. I ain't going to say you ain't going to whoop me, but you're going to damn sure know you was in a fight. I'm going to make you sweat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Unless this old thug nasty come and just freaking yeah. put me in some judo truck. You see, torture rack. Did I you mean, see that amazing. clip with him and Theo Vaughn? He goes, you know why I wear my boots on a plane? Because I'm looking for say. terrorists. <laughs> I love it, dude. He's coming down. We get the, he's. I'm gonna get a chance to take him turkey hunting Tuesday morning. I can't oh, wait badass. to meet this guy, man. He's such a cool cat, man. But uh, yeah, you have to let me know how bro, that I is. I can talk to you all day, buddy. I could, man. I hey, well, let's do it. Day. Let's do this more often, man. Uh, we'll we'll get together and we'll we'll podcast more. I appreciate it. We always just get along like we've known each other forever. I think, like your crew and our crew. Just I mean, it's just we're just all hunters and we all yeah. cut up. So it, it's just, of course, it's gonna go smooth. You know, um, no doubt. Well, let's you podcast get, more often. Bring our crew over to your side, and you bring your crew over here, and we'll have we'll some do fun. That. I would love that, brother. And uh, and definitely make make sure, old Mark, tell him to take your turkey at one day because I promise you that dude. You're right; he is OG. Yeah, Mark Gurry is a stud. That Joker is. He just texted me. Actually, you say that. You want to see, see, eyes, you you see that. him go into just like kill mode? You let a turkey gobble, and he he feels like he can get on an angle. And get a setup on that Joker. He 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 looks like a Navy Seals, you know, sliding in on Osama bin Laden. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I, I think I might up. actually end up out there for a day to hang out with him and Rob Keck for for a day. Um, so I'm that, gonna, that'd be cool. So I got to grab some cool. wild turkey one on one and just take that bottle. That way I can have like a glass with Rob Keck if he'll drink a glass of he, wild turkey. He will whiskey. do that. He will do that. And yeah. both of those boys there, especially Mark Drury. If you ever are somewhere in Missouri and you want to find Mark Drury, find a place where they're serving a little bit of whiskey and water, and you find a place where a turkey's gobbling, and I'm telling you 90% of the time, you will find Mark Drury. Yeah, that's right. Well, And Terry. I, yeah, I mean, the whole crew, I mean, they're all cut from the same cloth, but just to drink a glass of wild turkey with Rob Keck would just be like legendary and Mark together. He would do it, man. So I'm telling you, Rob's a turkey evangelist for sure. I'm excited for it, man. Well, all right, buddy. I appreciate you, and uh, let's touch base. And you know, I appreciate you, man, having a good conversation with me. My crew's just got to the studio here, so they're telling me I got to run. Eric, get right in on. here. Well, y'all carry on, man. I'll I'll, I'll let y'all go too, man. Enjoy the conversation. Tell the boys I said, hey. Here's Eric. What's up, brother? And then here's What's Doug. What's going on? What's up? Oh, what doing up, buddy? good, buddy. What's up, Doug? Good to see you, How's boys, man. Everybody's hey, just I rolling. I wish I'd been in there live so I could have a bush light with you guys, but. We're back here in Georgia, hey, so you, we're a little you better, south. You better yeah, make just, it up here sometime. Just take out some turkeys and get over here, dude. I've been doing it. I've been I've been getting after them hard, man. My wife made me slow down the last couple of days, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna get back in. I'm gonna get back in the groove here soon. I'm going to monster <laughs> trucks, my little boy. I got to take him up there, but we got a we got a bunch of turkey hunt still left. So I know y'all do too. 
Right it's just getting started here for us. Oh, so. yeah, not even started yet in Iowa. Well, we were signing off, boys, and you showed up right at the perfect time. I had to show him the cutout. I oh, love the cutout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eric didn't even see it. for my Tinder profile. Yeah, I want to I get about 4,000 more of those things and put them <laughs> on all the fences and gates of all my haters. Like when, they come into, when they come into the gate, I can be right behind their gate, you know, giving them a thumbs up and acting like I'm giving them a bag of beef jerky. You know what you should do is get about 100 of them and make a live studio audience for your podcast of all just you. That would be good. <laughs> just different, just different. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. That's what we should do. Yeah. <laughs> people wave at it when they come in. Yeah, I told them the whole story. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, we'll let you go. Thanks for doing this. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. And that's how we close them out, man. There we go, baby. succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv